Let's charge the damn mound with Ken. Okay, Ken, Scherzer's gone over the weekend. Are we going to hear a Justin Verlander trade scenario pop up where he's going to have to decide on a no trade clause that he would ditch? My guess is yes. And the reason I say that is because of his reaction yesterday after he pitched, earned his 250th win, and said, like Scherzer said the other night, he wanted to hear more about the organization's direction. And it seems that if you trade one, why wouldn't you want to trade the other? Now, the difference is, actually, I'm not even sure this is a difference, but like Scherzer, Verlander has a full no trade. He might not want to go. We don't know his intentions, and we don't know if he feels the same way Scherzer did, if his family considerations are the same, different, personalities different. We, we don't know any of this. So there might be only one or two teams he'd be willing to go to. You hear this. You hear only Houston or maybe LA, Dodgers. Again, it's unclear what he would be willing to accept and what he would not, what his thoughts are regarding the team going forward. This all will play out over the next, I don't know, 24 to 30 hours, and we're going to find out. But I do believe the issue will come to a head and that he will be presented with a trade possibility. So does this mean the Mets are now in on Otani that they got rid of Scherzer? It's possible they could get rid of Verlander? Or is this just a, hey, this is what we got and we have an opportunity to better a farm system that's low? It seems right now, Eric, that it's the latter, that they want to reposition the money in a different way. And with the Scherzer deal, they used the money, some of it, to go effectively buy a prospect, Luis Angel Acuna. They could do the same thing with Verlander. I guess they could take a different approach as well to get prospects back or I don't know. It could be anything. But I don't know that this is laying the groundwork for an Otani move because keep in mind with Scherzer, they are still paying approximately $36 million over the next two years. That's money that's charged against their luxury tax payroll. And with Verlander, it might be a similar scenario. Obviously, Steve Cohen does not seem to care much about these financial limitations and restrictions. But does that mean if he's getting rid of these two guys, he's simply going to go get another guy? I don't know. It's unclear at this point what exactly their direction is. You heard Billy Epler say yesterday, it's not a fire sale. It's not a liquidation. We'll know it's six o'clock tomorrow night if it was indeed as he described it or if it was something else. Well, Ken, it, if why get rid of Scherzer if you're not going to get rid of Verlander? Now, I don't I'm sure you heard me say that when we were in New York together that I was told Verlander doesn't want to go and Scherzer wanted out. So that's played out. But who else can the Mets trade? Because they don't have a ton of value. We've, we've talked about this before. But if they're going full fire sale, yeah, Verlander would be nice. But then they still have these contracts on the book. They have Lindor still. They have all these other guys. They have Alonzo. They have all these other guys that are still on the hook. So can they really reset the pay roll just with Scherzer and Verlander and paying down all this money? Because they got one player back. Now, I heard he's a good player, but they only got one for Scherzer, and they had to pay a ton of money. So it seems like, yeah, it sounds great on paper, but is this realistic for them to turn the organization around in one trade deadline? I don't know that that's what they're trying to do, AJ. And we don't know what their plans for 24 are just yet. I wrote today that if they're going to trade Verlander on top of Scherzer, okay, but their preference has been starting pitchers on shorter-term deals with higher average annual values. That's the way Cohen and Epler have operated. That's what they've wanted to do. If you trade those guys and you want to compete in 24, then you've got to go back into the free agent market for, if not Shohei Otani, 
Julio Arias, Aaron Nola, Lucas Giolito, Eduardo Rodriguez, Marcus Stroman. Name a free agent starting pitcher. There are a number of good ones who will be available this winter. And they're all going to want longer deals. So that would require the Mets to adjust their approach on starting pitching in free agency. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But right now, guys, you're asking me all the right questions. I don't have the answers, but the deadline will reveal truths. It always does. And I expect by 6 o'clock tomorrow night, we'll have a better idea of what exactly is happening. Ken, I know you wrote with Dennis Lynn of The Athletic about the Padres and their situation over the weekend. Well, nice weekend for them. They sweep. They're one of those game-to-game situations. Now that they're five games out of a wild-card spot and there's still so much talent on this roster, do you think they're going to do anything, whether it's buy or sell? I would expect, if anything, it's buy. But at the same time, Scott, and I mentioned this on Fair Territory, which is out right now, the Padres are capable of anything. They have proven that under general manager A.J. Preller and their owner Peter Seidler in the last few years. They've repeatedly shocked us and done things that maybe make your head scratch a little bit or you scratch your head, but then you kind of hear their explanation and you might not agree with the logic, but you see the logic. I would not be surprised by anything they might do, whether it's trading Snell or Hader, Snell and Hader. It doesn't seem likely or possible at this point, but... Maybe they trade one to get some other piece that they want, prospects that they want for something else. There are all kinds of things and ways that they can go about this. The most prudent course, it would seem, would be to simply strengthen this team. It needs depth, position player side especially, pitching side as well. That would be the way to go because if you look at run differential, if you look at playoff odds, these all point favorably for the Padres. So a sell doesn't make sense. Even a modified sell doesn't make sense unless they're getting something to help this year's team. But if this year's team needs something, where do they look at? Because this year's team has just been underperforming on the field. So are they going to take some of those guys who they're saying, well, we did sign you to this, but now we're bouncing out of that? No. What they would do, I would expect, Eric, would be prospects. And they have never – A.J. Preller has never been afraid to trade prospects. So – Again, if they're getting lesser guys, depth guys, I guess you would describe them, that's not going to cost you a ton in prospect value. So that maybe is the way to go. But A.J. Preller, we've seen this time and time again, guys. you got to follow history a little bit, right? He is a big swinger. So that is why I don't necessarily anticipate or try to anticipate anything with him because it's impossible to. Ken, I know there's a lot to keep up with with the deadline, but have I missed the Baltimore Orioles doing something transaction-wise over the weekend? Did I miss something, or are they just sitting around like they did in the offseason when they have a clear-cut need and a ton of prospects, and maybe this is their best window to win? We don't know. Well, they have added Fujinami to their bullpen, so that's one. They did not do anything over the weekend, Scott, and you're right. As the deadline approaches, we are still waiting. They just demoted Tyler Wells, one of their best starters in the first half. And it kind of points, again, to their urgency with regard to their rotation. They have younger, less experienced pitchers who are all dealing with innings limits and fatigue, that kind of thing. Grayson Rodriguez looks great, but he's past his career high in innings, and who knows how long he can pitch at this effective pace. So they need a starter. We've known this for a while. We've known, as you said, they have prospects galore, duplicates in many positions. I do expect them to do something. There is not an excuse if they don't do anything this particular deadline. But 
I'm not willing to judge any team until six o'clock passes. And even then, obviously, J- trades cannot always be judged instantaneously. But with regard to the Orioles, they clearly need to add. And I would like to see them add, but we'll see what happens. Ken, who in the division? We saw you mentioned Fujinama. He pitched great last night against the Yankees. The Yankees are last place. What do they do? And then the Orioles passed the Rays in that division. What do the Rays do? Do both these teams need to make moves to bolster their team? And have the Yankees just given up? Because everything you read is, we're not going to do anything. I don't know if they've given up, AJ. I wouldn't put it like that. I just don't expect them to do anything dramatic. Because, as I said on the Fox broadcast Saturday night, they have not proven worthy of another investment in prospects or in payroll. You don't trade prospects, big prospects, in a position like they're in, the way they've played. And you don't add payroll when you've already spent almost $275 million. So I would be surprised if they did something really big. You never know, obviously. But they're not in a position to go much further beyond where they are right now. The Rays, yes, they are looking for pitching. They're much like the Orioles. They want to add to their rotation bullpen depth as well. It's not easy right now. There aren't many starters available at reasonable prices in these teams' minds. We've seen some starters go for some big prices so far. Giolito, Montgomery, Scherzer, even though the money was involved. So I expect the Rays will be active and make some moves, but at the same time, it's a lot of teams in the same position. The Reds, the Diamondbacks, I can name others. The Dodgers, my goodness, they want pitching. They had the highest ERA in July, second highest in club history for a single month. So There's all this demand, not enough supply, and that is what we are facing right now, this crossroads with the few hours left before the deadline. If the Orioles don't make a move, are we going to look at the Angels and say the Angels price the Orioles out of the market because of overpaying, and they're just like, I don't want to get rid of any prospects? It's a fair question, Eric. And yes, one deal does influence another, and The price has risen, I would say, based on some of the returns so far, the Giolito one in particular. But at the same time, I always kind of just don't feel much empathy for teams that say, oh, we got priced out of the market, or teams that say, these guys are holding us up. They haven't made a decision here. There's nothing we can do. We're all waiting. The industry's waiting. No, 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 no. You're all on your own. 30 teams. You can all do what you want and when you want it. So... If the Orioles get priced out by their estimation, well, they didn't act soon enough. And they can say then, well, we couldn't act quickly because teams weren't ready to move. But no team owes any other team anything in this circumstance. If the Angels decide they want to overpay because they're going for it in Shohei Otani's potential last year with them, that is their absolute right. And the rest of the industry has to deal with it, then they have to deal with it. Hey, Ken, I'll mix in one fan question here asking about the Cincinnati Reds because they're obviously right in the thick of it in the, the central and even potentially now in the wild card with a lot of those teams kind of coming down and it being very muddled in the middle there. So what do you think the Reds could do? And have you heard or seen any activity so far with them? Um, you know, probably focusing on starting pitching, I would imagine, right? It's funny. I didn't name them just now as one of the teams looking for starting pitching, but yes, they are one of the teams looking for starting pitching. What I'm told with them this can always change, is that they're really reluctant to part with their better prospects, even some at AAA right now, 
for rentals because they feel those prospects, the guys who are close, are going to help their big league club this year. And they've got Hunter Green coming back. They've got Nick Lodola coming back. They might be okay from a starting pitching perspective. I don't buy it. They still need starting pitching and a veteran to be at the top of that rotation. Ideally, the prices are high. And this is another team that they didn't expect to be here this quickly, perhaps. But they are going to try. Whether they accomplish anything, that remains to be seen because they are reluctant in that regard. Just what I said. Close to the big leagues, they're not really willing to trade that kind of player for a rental. Hey, Ken, how much do teams – have you seen the, the website or Twitter thing that's trade value, whatever? I don't forget exactly. Yes. How much do teams look at that? Because I see, like, Lucas Giolito is a minus .7 something, and then they trade for, like, a double-A catcher, and he's, like, $20 million player. And you're like, wait a minute, Lucas Giolito is a proven big leaguer. This guy's double-A hitting 200. So do teams look at that, or do they have their own values? Teams have their own evaluations, and their own valuations, I should say. And it's funny, AJ, you mentioned that, because after the Scherzer trade, I started asking some people in the game, okay, how do we value Luis Angel Acuna? How do we value Scherzer? Why 36 million? Neither of the teams involved would really answer that question. I'm not even sure there is a specific scientific answer. But what I was driving at was Acuna's value. How much is that prospect worth? Now, it's not 36 million because Scherzer is part of the package too, right? And he's valued at greater than zero dollars. But Teams do have their own systems and their own dollar signs that they put on players. They don't necessarily mirror that websites. They probably don't in some cases and do in others. But that is how they go about it. And yes, it's very specific. Great stuff, Ken. Appreciate the time. I know it's crazy. Back to biz and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Right now, AJ, how would you grade what we've seen so far? Not team by team. Like, are you entertained? Uh, mid. I'm mid. I'm in okay. because there hasn't been that there still hasn't been that trade that we didn't see coming. Right. Every guy that's kind of been traded, I'm waiting for somebody to step out on a limb here and do something that nobody sees coming. And I don't know what that is, but there's got to be a team out there that has a piece, whatever it is. And I'm not, you know, whoever that piece is, there's got to be a team that's willing to overpay for something and for a team to say, okay, we think we're in it, but we're really not in it. Boom, here's this player and get back just a huge haul. And that's when I'll be – I mean, listen, it's been good. Everyone thought, oh, no one's going to get traded. Well, there's been some names traded. There's been some good moves. But I'm waiting for that surprise because we haven't had that shock and awe yet. Do you have any examples for us? And does someone like Justin Verlander count coupled with Scherzer? Because I do feel like a week and a half ago, if I told you Scherzer and Verlander are gone, you'd be like, okay, let's go. So are we taking that for granted? Scherlander. I think as soon as the Mets started selling, I think that became more of a, a realistic thing. Uh, so I, I think Scherzer going, go, getting traded because of the no trade clause, I think is surprising. But it's also surprising because we thought the Mets were going to be there with the Braves at the end this year, right? They're obviously not in it. And then Verlander, they just signed. So to see him – shipped out after only half a year in a Mets uniform, I think that would be surprising. Not because they're shipped out and the Mets are selling, but more because of the names and they were supposed to be the rock that this team was built on for the next two years. And all of a sudden the Mets are like, yep, we're shit cannon. you. See you later. I, I would say more than mid for me. I would say just because of the level, just because we're even talking about Scherzer possibly going, talking about Verlander going then Scherzer goes and it's like whoa there's I think there's been a lot of 
mid moves and all of them together, I think it's been I think it's been an above average trade deadline so far. And I'm excited for the last because there is a lot of teams that haven't done jack yet. So I'm really excited to see what happens. Here you go. Here you go, Krautsy. What if, okay, this is just, I'm just throwing it out there. The Cubs lose, Stroman pitches poorly tonight. The Cubs lose. And they're like, you know what? Screw this. We're trading Bellinger and Stroman. Now, see, that would be like, whoa, reverse course out of nowhere, right? Or, I I don't know. I'm trying to think of someone else. Okay, we talked about. Okay, I think that's a great one. Cease gets traded. They said they're not trading. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. He's got two and a half years. So they, they could even get more for Dylan Cease, right? Because he's got another year of team control. So I apologize. I thought it was only one and a half, but it's two and a half years left on his contract. I mean, yeah. Say the White Sox are like, screw it. Boom. We're completely blowing this thing up and we're going to trade Dylan Cease to the Orioles for Jackson Holiday. Whoa. Okay. That's out of the blue, right? Something like that. I mean, it's been good because of some of the names involved, but until that team makes the move, like when Juan Soto and Hayter got traded last year, that was like a holy shit moment. That holy shit moment did not hasn't happened yet this year. And I was hoping that was going to be the Padres move. I was hoping Blake Snell, the way he's pitching right now is he is just he's nine to thirteen strikeouts a game right now, and it's unbelievable. I thought he was going to be that guy, but I just I don't know. I I, I don't know. But don't trade Dylan Cease for Jackson Holiday. That would be a reach. And it would be so White Sox, too. They would still have no pitching. And they'd be like, oh, cool. Now we have a shortstop to build around. Like, I don't think the Orioles should do that because I don't think that's a big pickup. But I understand what you're saying. You don't think Cease would be a big pickup for the O's? I think that would be a huge pickup. Yeah. I think it I think it would be. But I think the O's need to make moves that are going to – I guess with the two and a half years of control, that's, yeah, that's dude. huge. I think, so that's, I think Holiday for Cease is actually like a pretty close – you'd probably have to add more of a lower-level guy to, to the mix there just because of the amount of control with a deal like that. But, I mean, doesn't he automatically become their one? Oh, he's, yeah. Well, they have a shortstop, though, as their one. No, I'm saying Cease. Doesn't oh, yeah. become Cease. the O's one auto auto he's right game away. One starter in the playoffs, Stuff wise, he's he's definitely above the rest of the pack, even though he's had his inconsistencies this year. That, that's the number one team I've got my eye on right now, is the Orioles. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? Because I'm telling you, the Yankees are going to improve. They always do quickly. The Red Sox are going to keep building. All these teams in the AL are going to get better. The Orioles are going to be, oh, 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 we're so good for the next five to seven years. That never happens, especially for a team that doesn't spend to supplement it. So thinking that you're going to be the next Rays or even the next Astros if you're the Orioles, right? They they haven't spent even close to what the Astros have done in a long time. So I'm very concerned for what I'm seeing right now in Baltimore, which is a big fat nothing. Hold on. Before before we get off this, though, you mentioned the Rays. The Rays are beat up more than anybody pitching-wise, and they haven't done a thing. And if you talk to people that know the Rays, they don't have any pitching coming either. We talked about the Mets and their pitching problems. The Rays don't have much down there either. So what are the Rays going to do? And who can the Rays – because remember, the Rays took off and we were like, oh, the Rays won the East already. Well, guess what? The Orioles are right past them. And guess what they have now? They're trying to play catch-up. Meanwhile, the rest of the league is kind of back up to the Rays level. And the Orioles have passed them. So what are the Rays going to do not only to – help their pitching staff, but also mentally help their team. I mean, this is – we should have had a a month of wins over unders because this is the month that I would have taken the under on wins for the Rays. This is when they start getting tired. 
because of how they use them, because of how they just beat their pitchers up. And if they don't have anybody in the pipeline, like you said, AJ, it could it could continue this trend. I mean, they're 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 essentially a 500 team without that start that they had. Below 500, not 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 a 500 team, below 500. All right, so I want to remind everyone that's with us right now. First off, we'll keep mixing in your questions, and we can take your questions for Jim Bowden, who's going to join us in about 10 minutes. But also, on Tuesday, hit a like on this tweet for it for us. You can join the first ever MLB trade deadline special extravaganza takeover, whatever you want to call it, FT Live, 1 o'clock on Stadium and their Stadium YouTube. Everything's free 99 to watch us or listen to us all the time. And then uh, 2 o'clock to about 6.30, we'll keep running it with all of the reactions. So uh, make sure you check that out. AJ, you have a question for me before we dive into the next segment? Are they called tweets anymore? Because it's not called Twitter. It's called X now. So are they like right. X marks the spots or something? If Elon wants to sponsor File Territory, we can talk. Otherwise, they're called tweets. <laughs> <laughs> How's that? I you mean, know me. Fun. I'm on the FT sales team. I'm very strict. I, I am very strict. That. I'm just wondering for future reference if we still call them tweets or we call them X's or I thought else. it doesn't why does it matter to you? You had the one of the best jokes in a while a couple of weeks ago. You're like, I'm a threader now. True. Content <laughs> creator. Much about them. So, content creator. Content creator. <laughs> AJ the content creator. I do want to do a segment on that one time. Not not this time, because we've got trade talk to get to. So let's sizzle right now. Hot corner time, baby. Actually, one of my favorite creators we're collabing with on trade deadline scenarios and hot takes buy or sell. So Giraffe Neck Mark, who's been with us before on Foul Territory, is going to collab with us over the next 24 hours and threw this out there on Twitter. Trade deadline hot take time. Reply to this tweet with your hot takes about the 2023 MLB trade deadline for a chance to be featured in the next episode of Buy or Sell on his YouTube channel. Featuring us, Foul Territory TV. So let's run through some that we chose right now. And we will begin with Sloppy Joe. 2023 Angels equal 2021 Braves. Parentheses. Small pieces acquired at the deadline become a huge part of a deep playoff push. Kratz is making a better facial expression right now. So I'm going to let you kick things off here, Kratzy. Do you think that the 2023 Angels are going to morph into the 2021 Braves, who, remember, at the time picked up an entire new outfield that included Adam Duvall and Solaire, who mixed in some DH, right, in the World Series, and um, Eddie Rosario. So do you think you see any similarities between the Angels and the Braves? I mean, the similarities end based on the fact that they picked up a bunch of guys. And I love I love the moves they made. But come on. The Braves had the pitching staff that the Angels wish they had. Lucas Giolito is not is not Ian Anderson of that year. He is not, you know, Shohei. Yeah, Shohei's pitching like Max Freed was that year. But I mean the rotation is I mean the rotation in the bullpen, they're not even close. I don't I don't see it happening. I know we might get more angels, angels hate on here, but man, I would love to see it. I would love to see it. I would love to see Shohei in there, but I don't know that Randall Gritchek is going to bring what they're looking for. Yeah, he might bang some lefties, but I mean, a, a platoon guy, CJ Crone, no, 
I mean, I don't – I guess nobody saw the Adam Duvall thing happening either. Well, except for the fact he was leading the league in RBIs at the time when he got traded. So, I mean, that's a little bit different. And by the way, here's my answer. X, Scott, because it's sell. an X. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. You know why I don't sell? Because yeah. you can't spell acquire, damn it. Spell the damn <laughs> words right. <laughs> but, but besides that, uh, Twitter X malfunction on the spell check. The thing is, is what Kratz said. The Braves had better pitching. They had Freed. They had Anderson. They had Morton. They had all these guys, right? And their bullpen was stacked. They completely revamped with Peterson and Duvall and Rosario. I mean, Adam Duvall led the league in RBIs that year, or was leading. I don't know if he ended up, but it was close. So, I mean, it wasn't like he was a nobody. I mean, Adam Duvall is a pretty damn good player. Uh, Rosario was perfect fit for them. And, and Jock Peterson was even a better fit with the pearls. Remember the pearls of wisdom he put on and the whole, the whole skit. But they also had Riley. They also had Acuna. They also had Swanson. They had Freddie Freeman. They had Darno behind the plate, and then their pitching staff, which if you look at the Angels, you go man for man. Yeah, they made some good moves. They don't live up to the 2021 Braves. And the bigger question for me is, will the Angels even get in? Because if you look at the American League, are they going to pass the Astros? Are they going to pass the Angel or the Rangers? And then which ones of the East teams are they going to pass up? They still got a long ways to go to even get into the postseason. Yeah, I still don't see it. I really appreciate the effort. I like it, although I'm also a realist, and I just don't think they're as good as the teams that they're chasing. And the, the teams that they're chasing keep doing things, too. I know I'm knocking Baltimore, but Baltimore's two or three notches above them, and they might win the division anyway. But when I go head-to-head -head with a lot of these teams, and I'm a schedule guy. I'm looking at schedule. They're in the gauntlet right now. Didn't go off to a great start. They lost two out of three. Almost got swept if they didn't pull off the late win yesterday against the Blue Jays. Just not a good enough ball club for me. It helps a ton when Trout comes back if he's feeling good, but that's a tough injury to come back from too, especially from a power perspective right away. So let's move on to the next one. Uh, buy or sell this hot take from Jay Margles. Cubs are buyers and make a splash to try to win the division. Our Midwest specialist, our Chicago specialist, Cubs fans love him, A.J. Przinsky. Take it away on the Chicago Cubs. Are they buyers making a splash to try to win the division? Buy or sell? <laughs> <laughs> um, that would be the holy shit that we talked about. The Cubs go out and get somebody huge, right? Because they went from, what, three days ago saying Bellinger and Stroman are traded to now we're going to bring in a splash. That would be the holy shit moment we're waiting for. Uh, I hope they do it. Listen, I love when teams are aggressive and they try to sell their fans. But we always talk, say, let's look at history, and the history say the Cubs won't do it because they won't spend the money and they won't make the big splash because, again, they're building slowly, slowly. Screw that, man. You got a chance to win a week central? Let's go, Cub fans. Let's go get the Ricketts to do it. Seven out of eight they won. Were they going to win nine out of the next ten and really make a move? No, this is the worst thing that could happen for the Cubs, winning and not trading two pieces that – Go right up. As soon as the Padres said, no, we're not getting rid of our guys, they go right to the top of the top of the list of available pitcher and position player that has versatility, too. I just – unfortunately, sometimes wins come at the wrong time, and this is definitely one of the times. But I love that you get to throw the X up for the Cubs. That is just your, – your White Sox fodder is just all on board right now. <laughs> but it's not X for the Cubs. It's X for the – the twatter, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Yeah, Xer. that's true. Although this clip's gone on, on YouTube, so screw X or whatever the hell they want to call it on, <laughs> on Twitter right now. Okay, they're not our friend right now. Here's our next hot take. It is from a, 
uh, Scoot Braun, and he says, <laughs> bring back two deadlines, please, all caps. So he must have hit the all caps lock button by accident. Bring back two deadlines. More sellers would emerge in a couple weeks. I'll start. I feel like this guy actually is leading us somewhere. Two deadlines was something we had years back, back way back in the day, like, I don't know, 2021 or whatever year we got rid of that, where you'd have your July 31st-ish trade deadline, and then a month later, your waiver trade deadline, which was a little confusing for fans, but you don't have to know every intricacy. You just know that, for example, one of those Justin Verlander trades could occur. The reason why I think it's such a buy now, AJ, is that we have an extra wildcard team and it is the ultimate tease for so many teams and fan bases, which is great for the sport because it keeps more people involved. But it also is bringing a lot of false hope to ball clubs like the Angels and the Cubs right now, especially. I'm with you. I mean, they just had a great week. They are not a playoff team and they could have gotten a lot for Bellinger and or Stroman. So I think two deadlines, we don't have to do it the exact way that we did it in the past. But we need to create another deadline again. I'm cool with the waiver deadline again. And it doesn't have to be at the end of, of August. It can be maybe the middle of August. But your thoughts on, on what that dude Braun thought? First of all, Scoot Braun, he's smart. He's smart. He looks like Scott Braun except with better muscles and better hair. Maybe mm-hmm. probably better looking. So I don't know if we can get him to host the show or not. But it would be He's amazing. a bot. But yeah. Oh, he's a bot? Okay. Yeah, that's why he's perfect. AI. He, he AI. can eat gluten. Uh, but <laughs> I love this. Here, here's the thing about the, the second deadline. You didn't often see very ma- many major moves made after the deadline. And as a player, you always knew that you w- every player went through waivers in August just to see kind of who was out there. And it didn't happen very often, but every once in a while, a team would get caught and they'd get stuck with the player they didn't really want. It happened a couple – I think Randy Myers happened with the White Sox with Alex Rios. Uh, you know, you don't see a lot of huge deals made then, but every once in a while teams will get caught with, Hey, we're not pulling that guy back. You got him. And teams are like, Oh crap. Like we didn't really want that guy, but okay, we'll take him. So I'm all for it because again, two weeks from now, the Cubs might lose eight of nine or the Padres might lose five in a row. And they're like, shit, we should have sold Soto or we should have sold Hater, but you got about 24 hours, boys. Let's get it done. I love what the Cubs – I thought somebody that would have helped the Angels from the Cubs if they were selling, Jan Gomes. I feel like you need some – we don't talk about catching enough on here because it sounds like we're self-righteous as catchers, but they need some kind of catcher in there, and I think he would have been a guy too. So the Cubs are just – they're losing on this, but I think with the two deadlines, I think a guy like he, him gets pushed through – to somebody, you know, that's the position that you really have an opportunity to upgrade and some bigger contracts. I would love to talk to some White Sox people about the, the Rios deal, but anyway, that's not here or there. <laughs> I, I know the story. We don't have time for it right now, but I'll tell you the story one time about how Rios ended up over there and it was not what you think. And uh, also, by the way, you know who else Jan Gomes would look real good in uniform right now? Kratzy? Pinstripes. Yankee mm. pinstripes. Okay, I'm I think I think he would be a lot story at some point. I think, yeah, catching catching needs to be a thing for some teams right now, but I, there's just not enough available. Okay, so I'm last available. one here. You're available. And then, yeah. Okay. Um, no, you're not. We need you. <laughs> so last one, last one by ourselves. We'll bring this into our our guest as well, Jim Bowden, joining us in one minute. 
Brian Kim with this hot take. Yankees won't do much at all. We'll miss the playoffs. Kratz, do you buy or sell? No, I sell it. I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs. They're going to figure out a way to get in. And we're going to be talking about them in the middle of September as a team. How is this team going to make it in? And they're going to somehow make it in. And all the other years, it's like last year they were unbelievable. Then they collapsed and they limped in. You know, there's other times when they they do it kind of, you know, they won the wild card by six games. So they set their rotation. This might be the first time they're going to have to absolutely scratch and claw to get there. And I think that's what this team needs. I think this team needs to figure out how to not strike out so many freaking times. They need to figure out how to win games when it's not just, oh, we'll hand it over to our really good bullpen and they're going to look really good on the mound and we're going to go ahead and win. No, it's got to be scratching and clawing. And they might even have to bunt to win a game. Who knows? But I think it's something that they need to learn how to win again. And so I'm going to say they make the playoffs. Ooh. I mean, I'll give you Yankee pride, you Northeasterners, some credit, man. You guys stick by your team. All we need is Frazier on here with his Yankee love on here, too, to talk about it. But my question is, okay, the Yankees are three and a half behind Toronto right now. They're three and a half behind Houston, and they're seven and a half behind Tampa Bay. They're not catching Tampa Bay. Houston and Toronto. Okay, who do they catch? Are they better than Houston? Probably not unless they make a trade. Are they better than Toronto? I would say no. Are they? Heck, are they better than Boston right now? Boston's playing better than they are. I mean, the Yankees, all they do is if they don't hit home runs, they strike out a ton. Their pitching has gone, right? Their bullpen's worn out. So who, who, what, they have to make a move for me, some sort of a move in order to help not, again, we keep saying this, not only physically on the field, but mentally with the team and say, oh, yeah, all right, we're, our, our front office believes in us. You can't constantly have Aaron Boone out there saying we're good with the guys we have. We're good with the guys we have. Brian Cashman needs to step up to the plate and say, all right, we're going to trade, I don't know, Jason Dominguez or somebody and say, yeah, here's the move we're going to make. I'm not saying they're going to do that, but make a move where people go, okay, there we go. The Yankees are invested because right now, the way they're playing and the way the momentum has worked, they just don't look like a playoff team to me. And even if they get in, I don't know that people are going to be that afraid of them other than maybe the Twins who haven't beaten them for years if the Twins get in. That's why I'm buying this one from Brian. Yankees won't do much at all and we'll miss the playoffs. I buy that hot take. So let's bring in our special guest right now on FT Live for the first time on Foul Territory, Charlotte's Web Player Access, sponsored by Recreate. He is CBS Sports Finest baseball analyst, Jim Bowden, joining us right now on FT Live. There he is. Oh, beautiful. Nice. There's Jim. Uh, that was probably, you know, right after he uh, pulled a fast one on another GM and, and made a fantastic trade for either the Washington Nationals or the Cincinnati Reds. JB, great to see you and want to kick it off right away, too, with your thoughts on that hot take of the Yankees not doing much and not making the postseason. Yeah, look, I don't think the Yankees are a playoff team from what I've seen, uh, but I don't think the Yankees are ever going to sell. Um, I, I think they're kind of in between right now. Um, you know, Brian Cashman has been offering Glaber Torres to the Marlins for one of their young starters. That makes a lot of sense to me. Look, I know he realizes this team is getting older, they're not very athletic, and he's got needs, right? 
He's got a need at third base. He's got a need at left field. He wants another starting pitcher. And how is he going to get those three guys, especially with teams like the Cubs and the Padres, deciding not to sell? So it's a tough market to kind of fix it. So I think Brian Cashman will do make a move or two to try to get in there. But I kind of feel like the Yankees will be on the outside looking in. I think in their own division, I think the Orioles and Tampa Bay and Toronto, all three are much better than the Yankees are. And, you know, the Red Sox will be in a race with the Yankees to the end for that fourth and fifth spot for me. So, JB, let's start big picture here. What do you like so far of what you've seen? Which teams do you look at and go, I like the direction they're heading at this trade deadline? Well, I mean, clearly the Texas Rangers, right? I mean, Chris Young is dominating the marketplace. He's making fun of other general managers. I mean, you make the trade for Max Scherzer, and then you sit there and let me, let me get the exact number. And you get the Mets to pay $35.51 million over the next 14 months, and you don't give up any of your pitching prospects for him, like none of them. And then you turn around and you get Jordan Montgomery from the Cardinals, and you give up none of your top pitching prospects. So let me get this straight. You get Scherzer and Montgomery, and you don't have to give up Owen White, Jack Leiter, Kumar Rocker, even though he had Tommy John, Cole Wynn, or Evan Carter. So the, the only big name you gave up with, was Ronald Acuna's younger brother, Louis Angel Acuna, who I love, very athletic, but you just paid the money for Simeon and Seeger. You're not going to need him at second base. So that's just incredible. Are you kidding me? I mean, yeah, Chris Young is just doing, and he's not done, by the way. He's talking to Oakland. He's trying to get Brent Rooker and Trevor May from them. He's talked to the Nationals. He's trying to get Lane Thomas and Kyle Finnegan from over there. He's not even done. And look, this guy is just so bright. Former major league pitcher, six foot ten, worked in the commissioner's office. All you have to do is look the, look at the first big move he made, right, as GM of Texas. What did he do? Hired Bruce Bochy, who's going to be a Hall of Fame manager, who had won three world championships in San Francisco, and somehow nobody else wanted to bring him back until Chris Young got this job again. I, I love what Chris is doing, and he's winning this trade deadline for me, and it's not even close. Do you feel like he's making these moves because as an ex-player, you make different moves than a GM that's trying to hold super tight onto their job? No, I don't think that's the case. I, I don't think you have to be a former player to be a star GM. We have plenty of examples of guys like John Scherholtz and Pat Gillick and so many others. But Chris Young's just really bright. And he's got great people skills, and he knows the game, and he has understood all aspects of it, from the front office to pitching to coaching, uh, playing under so many different managers, and he's just really bright. And, you know, he and Bruce Bochy knows what, they know what it takes. You load up with pitching. You don't get enough pitching. Pitching and defense wins. Every time we celebrate a small market team making the playoffs, what do they all have in common? Starting pitching and defense, Right. And so you've got the Texas Rangers with the best offense in the sport, and they got a GM that's just concentrating on improving the pitching staff. I mean, it's just a formula that works, and it wins. And to go out there and do what he's done so far is nothing less than spectacular. Okay, JB, I love what you're bringing. So now let's go to the reverse end and see if we can piss off Krasinski. Who do you not like so far as far as a ball club that either needs to do more or the moves that you've seen from them are not up to par? Oh, the Los Angeles Angels. What in the world are they doing? They're setting their franchise back three to five years from what they've done the last couple of weeks. It is an absolute joke. 
You think you're a playoff team? Angels aren't a playoff team. They're not even close to a playoff team. And because you're a few games out of the wild card at the end of July, you're buying in that you are. So you don't trade Shohei Otani, who wants to play for a winner. Like you had a chance to get six to eight players in return for Otani. You could have rebuilt your system. You make a trade like that. It's an easier sell to Otani in November that, hey, I trade you. got these six guys. Look how much better we're going to be. You've got a pathway. You can tell them we're going to sign Aaron Nola. We've got the six to eight guys we got when we traded you. You want to be on the big stage. We want to get you on there. Instead, they're going to finish under 500, which is all they've done since Joey Otani got there in 2018. Now let's look at the trades they've made to try to encourage Otani they were trying to win. You trade and you got Lucas Giolito, ERA of 3-7. Okay, veteran starting pitcher. You gave up two of your best five prospects. You gave up Edgar Caro, who's now the second best prospect in the White Sox system. You gave up Kai Bush, who went healthy, has a chance to be a number two starter for two months of Giolito. And then you turn around last night and you go get Randall Gritchick, who's nothing more than a fourth outfielder. And C.J. Crono has great power, but both these guys are way better at cores than they are on the road. And you give up your top seven prospect and another top 25 prospect to get those two guys for rentals? So what have you done when the season's over? You sat there and you traded four key prospects. You lessened a farm system that wasn't deep anyway. And you, you may lose Otani for a draft pick and then where are you? You think free agents are going to want to sign there after all that happens? This was a horrible, horrible two weeks for them. Hey, Jim, I'm going to give you credit because you went to college at Rollins where Scott lives now in Winter Park in the rich part of town. So you know, you I live from, downtown. You moved from it. Massachusetts down to Florida to get smarter. I get it. It's cool. So, I, <laughs> so far, you've been right on. Okay, yes, the Angels. But, hey, keep sending the White Sox prospects. Send them all, even though Bush does have an ADRA this year. But that's besides the point. But, but my, the thing is, is I agree with you, the Angels. Why make these moves? we talked about it. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think you're just wasting away and you're setting your franchise back. So it doesn't make sense on the flip side though. The Cubs could do the same thing possibly with Bellinger and Stroman and they won eight out of nine. And they're like, Whoa, we're not trading you. Why the heck not? Yeah, they should trade them. It's the same thing. It's the same thing to me. Cubs aren't not making the playoffs. They're going to finish in third place behind Milwaukee and Cincinnati. And they're not going to be a wild card team. And they absolutely should sell. And let me tell you why they should sell. If they trade Cody Bellinger, he'll be the best hitter traded at the deadline. You know how many teams are lining up for Cody Bellinger? From the Phillies to the Yankees to the Guardians to the Padres even. I, I can go on forever. Marcus Stroman, if he's traded, he might end up being the best pitcher traded. And you just saw the return that the, that the Mets got in Scherzer and the offer that they're going to get on Verlander. Like... You absolutely sell. You know what you have to do when you're running a baseball team? Don't sit there at the deadline and get emotional on winning streaks or losing streaks. And don't sit there and fall in love if you're a few games back. Evaluate your team. Take a deep breath and tell me what you have. Tell me if you think you can win the division or a World Series. Because I can tell you the answer is no to both on the Cubs. So for God's sakes, take advantage of a seller's market. Trade both of them, load up with five top 10 prospects, which you're going to get based on what, what the White Sox got for Giolito and what they got for Lynn and Kelly. So you're going to do well. And then if you want to bring Stroman and Bellinger back in two months, do it. 
you know, go to Mr. Ricketts and say, let's, let's write checks now. And then look where your organization is as you head into spring training when you're sitting there with five better players than you have now, plus you sign these free agents. You're absolutely right. You trade them if you're the Cubs. They're making a big mistake. They're going to end up buying. They're looking at a reliever. They're looking at a bat. They may go get Candelario from Washington. But I got to tell you, if I were them, I'd be trading both of them. Okay, so JB, I love the energy. And you know, I've been excited to have you on here for a while. So we're going to do a little back and forth here. We're going to take a pause for a moment. And we're going to do something that's been very hot on this show over the past couple weeks. It's called role play. AJ loves what we're doing here. Yes, we love it. Okay, so I'm going to give you be mentally prepared to be the GM of the Padres in about three minutes. But before that, because we have our former GM on today in Jim Bowden, who ran both the Reds and the Nationals for a long time in Major League Baseball. He has been on these conversations. Many fans, JB, we have many, many fans in the chat right now asking about Justin Verlander and not only your thoughts on where he's going to go, but how this situation goes down when, according to AJ, JB seems to really like the New York lifestyle. So maybe it's going to take some more convincing. So do you have your phone nearby? Do you have your phone near you? Okay. Yeah. So – so I'm JV right now. Okay, I'm living the life. I'm in New York. I just had my start, so I'm on one of my off days. I'm relaxing on my rooftop. I'm maybe at the pool. I got my four-year-old and, and Kate, and we're hanging out, and we're having some afternoon tea. And you just made a deal. You're about to make a deal, say, with the Dodgers. How does this happen right now? So I'll, I'm picking up the phone. Hello, Billy? Well, no, well, first of all, there's no, no picking up the phone when it comes to Justin Verlander, okay? I'm going to get in my uh, my black uh, – Escalate, and we're going to go and talk to Justin Verlander one on one. I'm not going to do uh, it on the table. Okay, so screw the phone. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to go sit down next to him, and I'm going to say, JV, you said that if we're not going to try to win in 24, that you'll consider going to be traded. And we've made the decision we're not going to try to win next year. We're going to build this thing from the bottom up, which, by the way, is not what's happening. But I'm playing. I'm doing the role play with you. And I'm going to say to JV, I'm going to say, look, we got a chance to trade you for the Dodgers. They've agreed to give us Bobby Miller, Michael Bush, and Gavin Stone in return. It's a deal we can't say no to. Uh, We'd like you to waive it. Look, I know you like New York. I know you came here. Our plan was to win. It didn't work out. You you considered Los Angeles last offseason. I'm willing to pay some of the money down for the Dodgers to make it work, especially that vesting option in 25, which is $35 million dollars which they're uncomfortable with because you'll be 42 years old, which I get. But I'm going to pay some of that money down. Not as much as I did with Scherzer, but I'm going to pay some of it down because they're giving us three legit prospects in return. Um, We'd like you to consider waiving it. And I'm only coming to you because I heard your comments yesterday after you pitched and you were very clear that if we weren't trying to win in 24, that you'll consider moving. There's only one place I can trade you because nobody else, not the Orioles, not the Reds, not Tampa Bay, no one else will take on this kind of money. The Dodgers are willing to. Will you talk to Kate and get back to us? Because we really like you to accept this deal. Yeah. So, Jim, I'm going to give you some good and some bad news. Okay. So, the good news is that I spoke to the Dodgers in the offseason. Remember, you convinced me to come to New York with a little more dough and a lot more on selling me what this city was going to bring, what this franchise was going to be about. We've enjoyed our time here. We would hang in LA. We have a house there. So, we'd be in good shape. Problem is, Taxes are even a little tighter for me in California. I signed a deal with you. I know the tax situation is not great here. I do have a no trade clause, okay? And I've been a longtime member of the Players Union. I'm going to need something else, okay? 
to convince me to go over to LA. I do have that vesting option with, with innings that I should be able to hit anyway. Next year's guaranteed. But for the year after that, can you guarantee my option right now? And then my bags are already packed. Yeah, we, we can't do that, Justin. Look, we didn't do it for Max Scherzer either. And it just doesn't make sense because you have to decide what's where do you want to be? You want to be in LA where you have a chance to win this year and next? Or do you want to be here where... You know, we're 18 games behind the Atlanta Braves. Look, you need to do what's right for you and Kate and the family. And we respect whatever that is. If it's to stay here, that's fine. If you want to win, I'm giving you a pathway to win at a place that I know you'd be comfortable uh, going to. And that, that's kind of the decision you're going to have to make. And whatever it is, we'll support it. Okay. So Kate said, you know what? I'm feeling great. I like both places. You do you. We do have plenty of money, but I get what you're saying with the players association situation and that option. So I'm going to bring in my agent as well. So can we bring him in? He's actually been hanging out here um, in the back. He's been having lunch. He's been talking to some of his other clients. Uh, AJ, what do you think I should do if I'm not getting anything else here? Should I just play hardball and say, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to stay with the Mets right now. I would play as hardball as I've ever been because the Mets need to trade me. They need to trade you, Justin. They have to trade you. And you can do one of two things. You can stay in New York where you're happy, or you can go to L.A. Guess what? Kate can start modeling again. You can wear your fancy suits. You can wear the sunglasses like I have on my Shady Rays. Right? <laughs> we, can, we can style and profile like Ric Flair out in L.A., and you got a chance to win another World Series. So I'm telling Justin. I see I, Now, Jim, I've seen this play out. Because I was in with the Braves, and we tried to trade uh, Alberto Cayaspo to the Dodgers. And he's like, nope, not going. I don't want to go. And they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, here's like 500 extra thousand. He's like, okay, my shit's packed. I'm going to the other clubhouse. We were actually in L.A., and he just flip-flop clubhouses with Juan Uribe. So if I'm Justin Verlander, I'm saying, okay, that's fine. Cover my tax losses in L.A. to New York, whatever that is. Or – Wherever they're going to trade him, let's say Toronto comes in and says, hey, we want you, Justin. Here's a package, right? Uh, if I'm the agent, if I'm Justin Verlander, I'm saying, look, guys, I hold all the cards here. I'll do what I want. And if you guys want to pay me, what is it, $45 million? I'm happy in New York. Now, I might not win. You can trade me next year. But I want it done this year. You guys want it done this year. Make it worth my while. Yeah, I just think financially, Justin Berliner's not really worried about the dollars like Caspo had to be worried about the dollars. <laughs> right? Berliner's enough money, so... Hey, everybody but, needs money, Jim. Hey, listen, I I hey, we Look, all can't have Louis Vuitton phone cases like you now. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand that, but here's, here's the thing is that, you know, with Justin, look, I don't want you to lose any money on this deal. So, you know, I have no problem getting with your tax people and if there's a complication for two months of the year playing in L.A. where it's a little bit more money, we'll find a way to make that up to you and, and work on that aspect of it. But besides that, look, this is, this is your choice. Because here's what I kind of think just from a front office perspective. He wants to win. This is the end of his career. This isn't about making $43.3 million. This is wanting to get another world championship. It's not happening in New York this year. It might next year. And if he wants to roll the dice for that, that's fine. But it's not going to happen this year. You got a chance to go to the Dodgers. I think it's a hard sell for me that Verlander would make money stand in the way of having an opportunity of going to the Dodgers and winning. That's what I believe. Okay, I love this. So one more role play situation. Suddenly you flash and you wake up and you're A.J. Preller this morning. And you're like, whoa, we just swept the Texas Rangers. 
We're five games out. I've been waiting for this team to make, give me a sign, make some noise at one point. Is this the sign for the next 24 hours, JB? If you are running the Padres front office, what is your plan? Well, the plan is the same as it was in the offseason when I gave the most ridiculous contract we've ever seen to Xander Bogarts. I mean, we told you guys we're all in. That's why we gave Machado the stupid extension, and we're going to pay these guys till they're 40, and these contracts are going to be so bad at the back end that uh, it's going to be miserable. But we did all that to try to bring a world championship to the Padres over the next several years. So I'm not going to change that. Now, here's my personal opinion. I said in March the Padres would make the playoffs. And I said in April, May, June, and I'm saying it today before the trade deadline. This is a playoff team. I'm sorry they're two games under 500. It happens in baseball. The Phillies fired their manager last June and ended up in the World Series. In 2019, everyone thought the Nationals were out of it and they won, they won the World Series. Look, they're two games under. This is what I do know. I do know their run differential is the third best in the National League, behind only the Braves and the Dodgers. What I do know is their expected one-loss record is the third best in the National League, behind the Braves and the Dodgers. What I do know is my eyeballs tell me they're the third best team in the National League, and my eyeballs agree with the metrics and the underlying analytics. Okay, so that being said, I believe in this team. I have the whole time. I'm sorry they haven't played together. I'm sorry they haven't won. I don't get it. I'm frustrated. But if you think I'm going to trade Blake Snell or Josh Hader when I'm five games out with the money I've invested and the route I've gone down, you're friggin' crazy. They're going absolutely nowhere. I'm trying to win. When I traded for Juan Soto a year ago, what did I say? I'm trading for him because it gives me three postseasons to try to win a world championship. Well, this is number two. Next year's number three. I am going for it. You know what happens if I trade Hayter or Snell? The season's over. Last year when the Brewers traded Hayter to the Padres, their season ended. They gave the Phillies a pathway to get in the playoffs, and they got all the way to the World Series. Thank you, Milwaukee, for trading Hayter. All of Philadelphia should be thanking the Brewers. What do you think is going to happen in that Padre clubhouse with all the money you've spent and all the investing you've done? And then you're going to turn around in the middle of a race when we just swept the Texas Rangers, who you all are calling the best team in the American League, and we just swept them, and we're only two games under 500. we We're only five games out, and we're not even in August, and you all are still panicking? Are you guys frigging crazy? No. What am I doing? I'm going to add a bullpen piece because I need help in the seventh or eighth inning. I'm getting Scott Barlow from Kansas City. And then I'm also going to get a bat for the bottom third of my lineup that's going to be able to cre create traffic. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to add. I'm not going to subtract. I'm all in. Do you know I just broke the record for the consecutive games sold out at Petco? Like, it's been ridiculous. The fans are behind me. I've made terrible business decisions, but I've made solid baseball decisions that so far haven't paid off. But if you all have patience, we'll be covering them in October. You said a bottom of the third, bottom third of the lineup bat that makes traffic. Is that what you think the Padres issue is? They don't, they don't create enough traffic? Or you had actually said something in your little rant there about, I don't know why the clubhouse hasn't come together. I'm not sure exactly what your words are. Do you think there's something in either of those things? So, look, I think when I look at their lineup, it was too dependent on four superstar bats that never really have come together yet. They've never yet, but I think they will. But the bottom third of the lineup went through a long period where they just didn't produce at all. Nelson Cruz, disaster. Uh, Matty Carpenter, disaster. They, ju they just didn't get any production down there. 
I, I, I need more contact. I need the bottom of the order. Uh, I don't need a 220, 212 batting average and, and not getting on base. I need traffic at the bottom. Uh, that's what I need at the bottom of the order. Uh, I lost a lot of games in the seventh inning. A lot of games in the seventh inning. I missed Suarez. That had a lot to do with it. But I was, I was a reliever short. So I was a reliever short and a bottom of the order short. And that affected a lot of wins. And, and by the way, it doesn't take a lot of wins. You know, if, it's, if you lose four or five games on those two spots, all of a sudden you've got a winning record and you're two games out. And we're having a different conversation, by the way. Now, in terms of the clubhouse, I, look, I've only been in there twice. I didn't see a problem, but I wouldn't really know. I've talked to a lot of players and coaches that are in that room. They tell me there's not a problem in there. I tend to trust the people that tell me that. But winning solves absolutely everything. So if I'm sitting in the front office, I'm just going to keep adding. I'm going to, if my owner will let me and he, and he doesn't mind spending bad money after good money, I, I don't have a problem with it. Hey, Jim, you said that Padres have made bad business decisions, but good trade decisions or player decisions? Yeah, yeah sure. I disagree. They're making money hand over fist there. I know because they've rejuvenated downtown San Diego. I remember when they built Petco, there was nothing there. Now you look around, there's businesses, there's high rises. I don't know if it's the same extent as St. Louis did with their ballpark village. I don't know what the cut the Padres get is as much as like the Padres and, or sorry, the, the Cardinals and the Braves with their battery and the whole deal. But they rejuvenated San Diego. They're the only team in town. I agree with you on one thing, though. Go for it. You're already all in. A.J. Preller, you're always all in. Make the trade. Whatever the trade has to be, you're, yeah. listen, you're winning with who you got now. So go for it. And if that yeah, means – Yeah, I agree. The one, th the one thing I'd ask you to do, though, j just to clarify my opinion of the bad business decisions, I want you to invite me back on in 2030 so I can tell you what I'm talking about. Because what <laughs> I'm talking about <laughs> – I, I get it. I get it. To 40 on Machado and on Bogarts and how that's going to end. That, that's what I'm talking about because they don't okay. end well. It didn't end up well with Pujols or Cabrera or Cano or even Joey Votto for that matter. They don't end up well. When you're paying $30 million a year for a guy that can't play when he's 38, 39, or 40, those are bad business decisions. No, I agree. Here's the thing. They have to get him, though. I, I know you know this, and, and we're, I'm more talking to the people not named Jim Bowden. You have Bowden. to sign him. Bowden, Bowden. Bowden. Right. Oh, sorry. I'm used to Bobby Bowden down here. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the thing is, is you have to sign these guys to long-term extend or long-term deals to buy down the AAV, right? So in the back end, it's almost a wash. You're paying for the first five or six years, and you know this as a former GM. And then the last three years are almost like, eh, well, if we get anything out of them, hopefully maybe they're hurt and – you know, we can find someone else to kind of mix and match with them or whatever. They're not hurt, and we can do figure this out. But that's why you have to – Trey Turner is a perfect example, right? He signed the 13-year deal or whatever it was because that lowers the AAV and Bryce Harper. And there's a long list of guys. That's why these deals are so long now for the superstars, and that's why the Mets and some teams have gone to the shorter side deals. So it's from a business side, it just depends on which side of the aisle you're on. Do you want to go super long and get five or six years? And then have to eat three or four years at the end? Or do you want the three or four years now and then figure it out after that? Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. I think the problem is, though, when you're paying top of the market dollar and you're paying that all the way through, then your AAV on Machado is $50 million a year instead of $30 million a year during the years he produces. And that's a lot of money. 
that's the point. And um, anyway, I, I just think their contracts, uh, the, the last extension for Machado and the Bogarts contract are not contracts that are going to be tradable in a couple of years. And look, I have no problem if an owner wants to do that, if he understands the risk of how it's going to play out. So now you got to win a championship. And my point is also, if you're going to invest that kind of money and you're going to take that risk and you're going to eat that money at the back end, then you better win a championship. So don't sit there at the deadline and tell me you're going to sell when you have a shot right now. So, you know, for me, Angels, Cubs, they need to sell. Padres need to buy. I love it. JB, that was awesome. Great session with you. Awesome to have you on. We've been looking forward to, to it for a while. Do your thing, man. Love you, brother. And uh, we'll care. have to do this Thanks, again guys. at some point. Thank love you. Love yourself. Thanks again. Thank you, JB. Awesome stuff. You can catch him on CBS Sports HQ. You saw it right behind there. Also, throw him a follow. JB, very active. You can hear him on Sirius. And he's writing for The Athletic pretty frequently right now, too. And at Jim Bowden GM is the uh, the Twitter handle to follow JB. And a reminder that um, today is the very last day for your chance to win a trip to the World Series. Recreate player access. Recreates the official CBD of MLB. Trying to send you to the 2023 World Series. Follow hello underscore recreate on IG. Post a photo in your favorite baseball gear using the hashtag live play recreate along with the hashtag RC sweepstakes. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends today, July 31st. Open to legal residents of the 50 U.S. states and D.C. age 18 plus. For rules, visit charlottesweb.com slash World Series. Recreate the official CBD of Major League Baseball. Check it out. Time to swing for the fences on BetMGM, a new MLB free-to-play game for sweet prizes. Here's how to make it happen. Log into the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android. Play the BetMGM MLB free-to-play game until September 7th, 2023. Be a batter and pick an area of the strike zone. Depending on the area of the zone you pick, you will get a single, double, triple home run or pop out and receive the prize associated with that type of hit. You can play once per day. Prizing must be used on MLB and expires in 24 hours. Always bet responsibly. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.